standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Pastor? Speaking to you this morning by the help of the Lord on the subject worship. From the beginning to the end, the Bible tells us of worship, and all people worship. Always have worshipped. We've worshipped right from the very beginning. Many people worship in vain. For doctrines, they have the commandments of men. Many people worship ignorantly. In Acts chapter 17 and verse 23, we read, As I passed by, beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly Worship him, declare I unto you. This is the Apostle, the Apostle Paul, as he was addressing the Athenians. Many people ignorantly worship God, they worship they know not what. Many engage in false worship, idolatry, that sort of thing. Many worship God in spirit and in truth. You thank God for what you know. If you know Christ is your Savior, you'd be grateful and thankful that you know the Lord Jesus. You worship Him. We come here to this place. We worship Him. You go home and you worship Him at home also. We do not have to go to a certain place to worship God. You worship God wherever you're at. 
you could be in a car wreck. Now let's say your car went over a ravine that down into some bushes and so on. No one could even see your car. But I'll tell you one thing, you could worship God out there in your car. Your car's wrecked and you're stuck in your car. You worship God right there. Let's begin by defining worship. The English word worship <clears throat> is worth, W-R-T-H, worth-ship, S-H-I-P, worth-ship, worship. Worth being worshipped. The Greek word translated worship means to bow down to. Revelation chapter 4 verse number 11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor. The Lord is worthy of our worship. Worship is toward God. Luke chapter 4 verse number 8 says, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and Him only shalt thou serve. So we worship the Lord our God, and we serve Him. Worship and service, you see, are twins. They cannot be separated. Worship is service and service is worship. When we worship God, we're serving God. When we're serving God, we're worshiping God. Incidentally, you're worshiping God right now. May God help us to find ourselves worshiping God often. You have your daily Bible reading and prayer. And when you do, you're worshiping God. You're praying. You're worshiping God. Worship is not confined to any one location. Some people have the idea they got to go to a church building in order to worship God. <clears throat> you don't need to do that. We worship God here and we worship God wherever we are, whatever the circumstance be. 
And uh, if you don't worship him here, you're not going to worship him at home. And if you don't worship him at home, you're not going to worship him here either. Oh, may God help us to be worshipers of God. I like coming to the house of God to worship for I am meeting with other people who are doing the same thing. That's why we're here. We come here today to worship God. Church houses are auditoriums. That's what this is. This is an auditorium. This is not a sanctuary. Some people say this is a sanctuary. No, no. Our bodies are the sanctuary of God. God dwells in you as a believer. It's good to come together, worship God, sing praise to God. Um, I forgot her name, but we had one of our pianists that used to be here. I don't call it was on the internet or something asking about this church. And I, I thought to myself, I wonder if she is playing the piano where she's going to church now. I don't know. But uh, we don't have a piano. Yeah. Have you know what I observed? There are a lot of Baptist churches that I know about that don't have a piano player. too late for me now but I do believe in my soul that if I were a younger man and was able to have children and God gave me a boy or a girl one of the first things I'd do is put that boy or girl into piano lessons and let them learn how to play a piano uh, I was watching uh a church, I believe, it was Gravel Hill Baptist Church. Gravel Hill Baptist Church. Oh, they, they, you talking about singing? But I mean, they they got some good singing. The piano player is a man. A man playing the piano, but he's good at it. He's really a good piano player. However, I couldn't take the Lord's Supper with him. Because uh, I wouldn't take the Lord's Supper with them anyway. But anyway, a church is a church that has a piano player. That is a blessed church if they've got a piano player. And uh, uh, the church has got got a music director. So. Ray, you do a good job, brother. I want you to know that. Amen. You do you 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 do a good job. Um, uh, sometimes a man 
lead singing, but uh, not good at it. But you do a good job. And uh, we thank God for anybody that does whatever they can, do the best they can. If God, God puts you in the position, do the best you can to whatever it is. Whether it's preaching, or if it's teaching in a Sunday school class, or whatever it is, do the best you can in doing what you do. Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, and wheresoever ye are, we can worship Him. Wherever we are, we can worship Him. And there should be places of worship, but worship should not be confined to just certain places and certain times. Now we have uh, this place where we meet and we have certain times we meet here. But this is not the only time that we worship. Child of God, member of this church, you find yourself worshiping God many times more than what you do just here in this building. You'll find yourself worshiping God tomorrow. And that's Monday. You'll find yourself worshiping God on Tuesday and Wednesday and all through the week we worship the Lord. So worship is not just confined to certain forms and uh, places. Now, uh, there's two evils to be found. One is cold formalism. This is formlessness in First Corinthians, for instance, in chapter fourteen. And uh, look with me in verse 23. If therefore the whole church be come together into one place and all speak with tongues and there come in those that are unlearned and unbelievers, will they not say that you're mad? Well, yeah. Everybody in the church talking at the same time Nobody can tell what anybody's saying. I remember <clears throat> going, oh, incidentally, <laughs> Gravel Hill Baptist Church. This is after I'd been saved for some time. And uh, I was a pastor, I was a young man. I was still black-headed back in those days. But I went to Gravel Hill Baptist Church. I had been saved there when I was about 9 or 10 years old. And so I go back there, and I'm probably in my 20s. Could be up as high as 30, I maybe. 
And um, I get there, and um, I believe it may have been on a Wednesday. I'm not for sure about it. But I went there with my wife and my, my kids, and back in those days, I wore a suit about all the time. Today, I think I've got one suit, and I haven't had it on in a long time. But anyway, back in those days, I wore a suit all the time. And uh, I went there to Gravel Hill Baptist Church, and I had on a suit. And uh, I probably stood out just a little bit different from a lot of them, the way I was dressed. And they were at that time they were without a pastor. And um, the man got up to speak. He said, "I feel the spirit of Satan in the service." I remember that. Huh? I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they also uh, recognized me because I was a visitor, and they they all. Uh, so I stood up and I told them who it was. I told them that my name, and I told them that I had been saved there. And I was sitting at the third seat from the front, just up above Lori there, when I got saved. And... Uh, so they decided that he was going to pray. And so they invited everybody to come to the front to pray. And they asked me to lead in prayer. Well, they came and uh, they all kneeled around the platform all across. And I was kneeling there. And I had a man kneel and he was right up, right up against me. And then there was another man came in and he kneeled down and he was right up against me there. And I began to pray. And so as I began to pray then, next thing I know, the guy right next to me, he began to pray with He prayed louder than I did. <laughs> and, then the, and then the guy next to me on the other side, he began to pray. He prayed loud. They're all praying. I quit. I couldn't think. <laughs> A lot of churches, they do that all the time. That's their, that's their style of worship, I guess. I'm not accustomed to it. But anyway, <clears throat> that's where I got saved. And uh, I thank God for that experience. Uh, uh, well, you thank God for the privilege to be able to worship the Lord. The first element of worship is reverence. 
we must reverence and hold in reverence the one that we worship. You cannot worship a contemporary, one that's our equal. We'll worship that like I can. We must be way beyond us. The one whom we worship, we must look up to Him. We must be able to respect Him. How do you worship one that you can't look up to? We must hold Him in holy reverence. Hold Him in reverential fear. Trust in Him. We can't worship someone that we think little of. Oh, may God help us to highly exalt the Lord our God in our own mind, in our own heart. Worship Him. Adore Him. Love Him. May God help us to be faithful to Him. Worship means to bow down to. We don't bow down to bums. We look up to Him in holy reverence. May God help us to look up to our God in holy reverence. You may be at home. Sitting on the side of your bed. In your bedroom. The door closed. But you look up in holy reverence to the Lord your God and worship God there in your bedroom. Pray to Him that which is on your heart, worshiping Him in your prayers. Oh, may God help us to know what it is to worship the Lord our God. May God help us to have holy reverence to Him. Secondly, uh, worship is adoration. We must reverence and hold in high respect the one whom we worship. We must adore Him. The wise men found the Lord when He's a babe. They bowed down and they adored the infant Lord Jesus when they found Him. Most people can't worship God whom they dislike and they despise. They can't worship Christ whom they reject. 
They reject Him as Lord. They reject Him as Savior. They can't worship Him. But we must adore the One whom we worship. May God help us to adore the Lord Jesus. That's something you can pray for. So Lord, help me to adore You. Help me to love You. Help me to respect You. Help me to honor You. You'll find that God will hear and answer your prayer. So we have reverence to our God. We have adoration to our God. And then the third element of worship is praise. The worshiper praises the one whom he worships. All through history in the Old Testament, you was reading it there, all through the Old Testament, talking about my God is better than your God. And that's what he, God's people have always been. My God's better than your God. My God is the God. Amen. Yes. There isn't any other. True. Who is my God? He's the one that made the sea. Yep. He's the one that made the air. He's the one that made the sun and the moon, the stars. I praise Him. We sing hymns of praise to God as we worship Him. We pray in thanksgiving and praise. We preach and teach in praises to God. Praise is a part of our worship. The song, I think it's the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So, praise is a part of our worship. And then fourthly, prayer is a part of our worship. I said fourth. That was uh, that was the fourth one. Number five. Uh, well, I've got it numbered here in my and my notes. I've got it all mixed up. My my fourth element here of worship is prayer, and the uh, the uh, fifth element of worship is confession. We do sin. All who worship God in spirit and truth know 
We are sinners. Just because we come to church and sing, Oh, how I love Jesus, that doesn't mean you're not a sinner. Because we're all sinners. We're good at it. Something must be done, however, about our sin. When Christian confesses his sin to God, God forgives him, God cleanses him, and then we can worship God in spirit and in truth. No man can worship God until he has been cleansed from his sins by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. How can a man worship God whom he doesn't know? Oh, may God help sinners to come to repentance and faith and then be able to worship the Lord God. And then the sixth element of worship is communion. This is communication, conversation, two-way conversation. Have a conference with God. This is the interaction of persons. We get so close in fellowship that we know and understand the inner thoughts of the other. Communion is fellowship, working together, thinking together, pulling together. In order for us to be able to have this, we must be able to worship. It's a, the worship is a wonderful thing. But it's not something anyone can do just as He pleases. We want to please the Lord. There are conditions that we must meet in order to be able to worship the Lord. A man that's not saved is not able to worship God. He doesn't know God. He's never been able to come to trust the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ as His Savior. Oh, but when a man comes to be able to trust Christ as His Savior, then he can worship God. He may not know a lot, but he can sure worship the Lord with what he does know. You thank God that you know what you know. You thank God, let your mind run back to the time whenever you got saved. I got saved in a church that doesn't believe like this church. I got saved in a church that believes that you can get saved and then you can get lost. And then you can get saved again.
But anyway, God saved me. But to, I was one of those that got saved there. Uh, I got saved one time. Haven't been saved again since. Amen. Didn't need to get saved again. True. The God that saved me when I was about nine or ten years old was the same God that has kept me saved ever since. And if He hadn't saved me, I would not be saved today. And if He hadn't kept me saved, I would not be saved today. So He saved me and He has kept me saved. And by the way, if you're saved, <laughs> it's true you also. Amen. He's the Savior and He's the Keeper. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I remember... Uh, I went fishing with a man one time and he caught a fish. I didn't say I caught a fish, I said he caught a fish. He caught a fish and he said to me, he said, Brother King, this is a keeper. And Wade, when he saved you, he said, this is a keeper. Now, he saved you, he has kept you saved, and if he hadn't kept you saved, you'd already been lost already. Oh, yeah. But he has kept us. Let's all stand, please. And we thank the Lord that we have been kept by his grace. <coughs> Brother Ray Roberts, Mrs. please. Our most gracious and heavenly Father, thank you so much <coughs> for the preaching that we heard here today. Thank you for all of those who were able to attend. I would like to pray for those who could not. You know what the needs are there. Thank you for <clears throat> the men uh, that you have placed in this church to preach. Thank you that you have put the trust in Pastor uh, to allow me to preach here. Thank you for the teachings of Pastor Danny, Wade, and Miss Kay, thank you for all of the wonderful things that you do for us. Thank you that you are our Savior. Thank you that you keep us saved. Thank you that <clears throat> for all of your many wonderful powers and your presence. Thank you for just all of the many wonderful things that you do. Thank you for all of your blessings. Thank you for all of your answered prayers. Just thank you, thank you, thank you. We cannot thank you enough for all of the things that you do for us. And especially the Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross so we could spend an eternity with you and him in heaven and in whose precious holy name we always do pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat>